Praise the Lamb of God. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth, and I'm so glad that you have joined with us tonight. Praise the Lamb of God. It is good to be in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to bring to your attention real quickly before we start, amen, that uh, go to our website and uh, www.rocksolidtruth.com. Amen. And see all the things that we're doing. We need your prayers. We ask you to hold us up in prayer. We ask you to to hold us up as we try to fulfill or as we fulfill the word of God and the what God has called us to do. Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. Hold us up in your prayers. And if God would have you to join with us in partnership, amen, as Rock Solid Truth goes forth to fulfill that which God has called. Amen. We will call you blessed and thank you for being a partner. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. We are and have been speaking about the agape love of God, the fullness of God. Amen. To the breadth, length, and depth, and height of his love. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ or passive knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for your fullness. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the lives of your people. I pray, Lord, that every word that comes out of my mouth tonight shall be seeds being planted in someone's field that shall bring forth harvest in their life. I'll give you all the praise and give you all the glory. In the matchless name of your son, Jesus Christ, and all of God's people said, amen. Last week I began bringing to you from the word of God, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. And I begin to bring to you some things that very few children of God ever think about. And that is the love of God that he has towards us, his children. When people read 1 Corinthians 13, which is often called the love message, there's a message that is coming forth. And the majority of people feel that this is the standard by which God expects us as his children to have towards other people. And even though there is a great truth in this, very few of God's people see these scriptures as God's expression of love towards them. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 shows us the way that God deals with us according to his love. The more that we walk in the word of God, the more that we see the scripture that states as a man so thinks in his heart, he is, so very true. As a man so thinks in his heart, it's his thoughts that clear the path for the fulfilling of his destiny. For as a man so thinks, so he goes. As a man so thinks, so he is. As a man so thinks, so follow his actions. Because the actions of man are nothing more than an expression of how he thinks. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's something that is very significant here in the Scripture. 
Look what the scripture says. It says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I just related to you just a couple minutes ago that as a man so thinks, so he is. Here's a tremendous revelation. When you look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1, and it tells you that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. How many are walking in condemnation because they do not realize the love of God? I'll say that again. How many are walking in condemnation because they do not realize the love of God and how much God loves them? They don't realize the agape love of God. How many are walking in condemnation because they do not have revelation concerning the breadth, length, depth, and height of God's love? And because they have no revelation concerning those things, they're not able to discern between when they walk in the spirit and when they walk in the flesh. How many are not able to discern that which is spirit and that which is flesh? Because the average child of God does not discern between the two. Why do I bring this to you? Because all things do not work out for the good when you're walking in the flesh. I'll say that again. All things do not work out for the good when you're walking in the flesh. Romans 8:28. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his person, purpose. I'll say it again. All things do not work out for the good when you are walking in the flesh. There are three conditions to this verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. The first condition is that you love God, and the love that you are expressing is his love, agape love. And the Word of God tells you that that love surpasses and goes beyond your knowledge, as spoken about in Ephesians chapter 3, 19. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I'll say it again. The first condition is that you love God. And we know that all things work together for, toward the good to those who love God. The kind of love that you're loving God has to be God's kind of love, agape love, if you want it to work, if you want all things to work together for your good. Number two. Second condition, that you're called. That word called means invited or appointed. And that includes every true born-again child of the living God. The third condition is that if you have been invited or called, then it's according to his purpose, according to his plan according to what he desires for you to do, according to for what he wants you to do, according to that which he has stated in the word of God concerning you, not about what you want to do. It's according to his purpose and not yours. This is one of the reasons that all things do not work out for the good. 
when things are done in the flesh, they do not work out for the good, even though you may be a child, a born-again child of God. When things start out in the spirit and end up in the flesh, they do not work together for the good either. When things are done or decisions are made that are in the flesh, they do not work out for the good either. These things do not work to bring to you a place of peace and harmony with which God has given to you. Instead, they bring to you a hindering and stopping the flow of God's power within you. Now, why is that so? Because the Word of God tells you that flesh is enmity against God. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Then what is it that does please God? Those that are in the flesh, those that think according to the world, those that think according to the carnal mind, no. Look at James 4, 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. What a powerful verse. This may not be something that you want to hear, but hear the word of God and grasp that which is being said. It brings you to the truth that literally makes you free. You need to be free from the struggle of the flesh. Free from the struggle of the carnal. And what is walking in the spirit? Walking in the spirit is having the revelation of that which is spirit so that you can have understanding of that which is flesh. Walking in the Spirit is revelation, knowledge of that which God has given, and understanding that flesh is the enemy of that. Here is a tremendous insight concerning the flesh. Listen to Paul in Romans chapter 7, 18. This is Paul speaking. Notice what he says. For I know that in it, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Paul is saying, in his flesh, there's nothing good. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Tremendous revelation concerning the flesh. Paul saying, in my flesh, there's no good thing. In my flesh, there is nothing to benefit me. What a statement, and yet the truth of that statement impacts very few people. No good thing in my flesh. Nothing in my flesh that will benefit me or bring me to the desired end that I long to have. This is what Paul says. For the will is present within me. I desire to do good. I want to do good. 
I want to make good decisions, but how to do that in the flesh, I just don't know how to do it. Paul is saying that he does not know how to bring about the desired result that he wants in the flesh. He knows how to bring it about in the spirit, but in the flesh he does not know how to do it. You can take the Donald Trumps, the Bill Gates, and the Warren Buffetts. What they have in darkness are only the results of darkness. And it never brings forth light. There's no good thing in the flesh. Here's another revelation concerning the flesh. You can have no confidence in it. I'll say it again. You can have no confidence in it. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. When we think that our flesh has some value to us, when we think that our flesh can be trusted, we have opened the doors for the realm of darkness to come in and deceive us. How powerful is that? When we think that our flesh has some value to us, when we think that our flesh can be trusted, we've opened the doors for the realm of darkness to come in and deceive us. We are trusting in something that's an enemy to God. It is believing in something that can bring you no beneficial advantage but for you to be deceived. That's what the Word of God is saying. People who have friendship with the world, people who think and follow after the world, walk according to that which is of the world, and the world system is an enemy of God. The new man can't coexist with the old man. The spiritual man cannot cohabitate with the fleshly man. By the way, that's, the why, that's why the old man was crucified when you became born again or became a new creature in Christ. Your nature changed. The old man was crucified, and you're a brand new man. Your old thinking is supposed to be crucified because it's supposed to be renewed. And until your thinking is renewed, you're going to continue to function in the mentality of the old man and the flesh which keeps you from walking in the spirit and keeps darkness active in your life, which is going to continue to hinder the flow of God's power in you that has been given to you through the Lord Jesus Christ in your spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Charity suffereth long. Agape love suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity bolteth not itself, is not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity, agape love, never fails. Last week I began to show you 1 Corinthians 13, 4, and how that it is God's love, agape love, that is spoken here. And the fact that the love of God towards you, as well as it is how the God, how the love of God flows out of us 
towards others. I also showed you how God's love is long-suffering and is kind, and then notice what it says. And it says the love of God never envies. And his love does not vault itself, is not puffed up. In other words, there is no pride in God. God is not self-centered. God is not self-serving. Because all envy and love that is puffed up flows out of self-centeredness. The reason that God is telling you this is because God wants you to understand that the only way for you to come into fulfillment in him is to lose your life in you. Wow. Let me say it again. The reason that God is telling you this is because God wants you to understand that the only way for you to come into fulfillment of what he wants to do in you and for you is for you to lose your life in you. What he asks you to do through the scripture is not for his benefit. It's for yours. I'm amazed at the people who think that this Christian life is going to get better. That you're going to get stronger. That you're going to get more mature. That you're going to become more full grown. I'm amazed at them. The focus of this Christian life is not for you to become stronger, more mature. It's for you to become weaker and weaker and weaker until your flesh dies. The focus and the purpose of Christianity life is to be totally dependent, totally reliant upon the Spirit. This is the best that God has for you. You may not see it. You may not even want it. But it's the best that he has for you. And it's the best that he desires to bring you to. Everything that God desires for you and wants you to do is for his best and for you. It is for you and not him. And I might add that in his best for you, flows his blessings. God's love is not self-promoting. It's not for his benefit. It's for you. If you can grasp this, it will literally change your life. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the revelation of your word. Thank you, Lord, for bringing to us that our flesh is enemy against you. This world is an enemy against you. And your place within us is not for us to become stronger and stronger, but to become weaker and weaker so that the flesh dies and the spirit reigns. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory that the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, shall be exalted. Amen and amen. Go to our website. Look what God is doing in the midst of his people. We would love to have you. Remember us in your prayers. Amen. This is DK Groove with Rock Solid Truth. 
Go with God. And I guarantee you that he will surely go with you.